2: Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful you're with me again this week. Today, after the break, we'll be talking with Dr. Paula Fairman about her unique approach to treating patients. This is really a continuation of a dialogue on physical health that has run through many of our shows and actually, we'll continue again later this month when Dr. Lewis Cohn will be on to talk about nutritional healing. Last week, we looked at health from, um, from a um, perspective of addiction. Elizabeth Nisbet was so vulnerable and open about her addiction to alcohol and her triumph over it which led to greater intimacy and healthier and happier relationships with her husband and daughters. She emphasized, as did the Reverend Dr. Lauren Artris, that the path to healing requires allowing yourself to feel. If you missed these shows or the ones on physical healing with Dr. Bernie Siegel, Dr. Larry Dawsey and Dr. Marty Loring, be sure to listen to the podcast. In fact, every show has valuable information on positive thinking, releasing fear and stress, healing depression and anxiety, and identifying and healing from various forms of abuse. Many of you are listening to one show and then going back to the first one and listening to all of the podcasts in order. Your dedication to your own healing and your appreciation of the information offered on this show, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, uplifts my life. Just by listening, you are letting me know that I make a difference. And I'm grateful for that because you're helping me fulfill my mission in life. If you have a question about how to apply these ideas to your own life or how to see the silver lining in a difficult experience in your life, it would be my honor to help you. Please call during the show to 1866 472 5795 that's 1866 472 5795 or email now or between shows to dr at gmail.com. that's dr at gmail.com. And the phone number to call between shows is 1-214-736-4460. That's one 736 4460 Last week, I gave you some ideas on how to weed the garden in your head uproot your negative thoughts and beliefs, and replace them with positive ones. One of my suggestions was to take Carolyn Mace's advice when you have a judgmental thought about someone else and say, I take my spirit back. I wish you no harm. God bless you. What occurred to me during the week was that we need to say these same three sentences when we judge ourselves. One of the most difficult patterns to break is the constant self-criticism that we heap upon ourselves. We're so used to doing it that it seems normal and we don't even hear it. Intervening with these three sentences can help to change that pattern, as can any of the suggestions that I made last week or in previous shows. There's often a gap between... Knowledge and action, however. We are told that we are in an information age and that knowledge is power. But are we using that power? Are we taking the knowledge that we have and implementing it? Dr. David Katz, founding director of Yale University's Prevention Research Center and president of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine and author of Disease Proof, recently wrote, and I quote, In the area of lifestyle medicine, we have long had sufficient knowledge to eradicate as much as 80% of all chronic disease, but failed to apply it. The trouble here is not want of data, but how best to protect our bodies, about how best to protect our bodies but want of action by the body politic. So what happens that we as individuals are not able or willing to apply what we know? What goes on in our heads that prevents us from acting in our own best interest and preventing disease altogether? An example might be of the way we think. All the men in my family die around 50 years of age, so there's no point my exercise or eating properly. I'm going to die at 50 anyway, so I might as well enjoy myself. If this person really wants to lead a healthy life, he can change this thought pattern. First, he has to hear himself thinking the thought. Then he has to decide what would motivate him to live a healthy lifestyle. Then every time he hears this negative thought, he can replace it with something like, I want to see my children grow up and I want to enjoy my grandchildren, or I want to be a healthy role model for my children, or I'm going to be the best, healthiest person I can be as long as I live, or I'm going to be the person who changes the family pattern. No one has a guarantee in life, but we do have a choice about how we live every second, every minute, every hour of every day. This person could go through the list of options that I've been sharing with you and find a technique that would work for him. Rewording the thought is only one of the ideas that I've suggested. If he's really serious about changing and unable to do so, then something is blocking him that's under the surface, hidden in his unconscious. In that case, the life coaching that I do with my ultimate creative problem-solving process will allow him to discover the hidden block and release it just by bringing it to the surface and connecting it to his conscious mind. Then he will be directed by his inner knowing, his soul, his wisdom, to determine what he needs to do next to change his behavior. The process will do the hard work for him, and he will watch himself making healthier choices as he continues to work with me. Step by step, his negative thoughts will change to positive ones, which will cause him to make healthier and happier lifestyle choices and changes. If you're really committed to changing your thinking, becoming more positive and creating a healthier, happier life and are unable to do so on your own, Call in with your dilemma to 1-866-472-5795 or contact me for a private session over the phone on Skype or in person. As a July 4th special, I'm offering 20% off to new clients on their first session if it's booked this month. To take advantage of this 20% discount, email me at drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Call me at one 736 4460 or visit my website paulajoyce.com for more information on my services Or to contact me for an appointment. I look forward to hearing from you. And here are a few more tips on changing those negative thoughts to positive ones. We've talked in past shows about keeping a gratitude journal. I want to mention it again because it's such a powerful tool. All manifestation happens from a place of gratitude. So write in your gratitude journal every night before you go to sleep. Focus on the positives in your life. You will sleep better and begin to look for good things to write about. This alone will start to change your thinking by changing what you focus on. Weed out people from your life who insist on being negative about themselves and others. You can try changing the conversation, even saying I don't engage in gossip. But if the person is set in their ways and unwilling to change, you don't have to listen or participate. You can walk away politely, saying you need a glass of water. You also are not obligated to choose to spend time with them at all. Go of what and who you don't want and make room for what and who you do want. Choose to be with people who make you feel good and who are healthy for you. Be strategic in analyzing what you need when you're upset. Are you caught in a negative thought pattern or do you just need to cry? because you're so sad about something and sometimes all we need is really just a good cry. As we've talked about in the past, tears literally have a chemical property in them that helps you heal. Or do you need some help in seeing a situation from a positive or different perspective? When you know what you need, Determine which friend can can help you. Call them and tell them specifically which of these things you need. For instance, I need your ideas on how to handle this situation in a positive way. Describe the situation to them and ask them if they can help you. Then pay attention as to how you feel after their reply. Did they do what you asked of them? Was their advice helpful? Do you feel more positive, relieved, or do you feel agitated, violated, or misunderstood? Some people are blaming and create chaos and self-doubt. Others are not willing or able to be truthful with themselves or others about emotions. As you tune into your feelings, after you talk to each friend, you will begin to discern who is good for you in different kinds of situations and who to avoid in certain situations or in all situations. Then take action. Another technique we've talked about is breathe out the negative thought and breathe in a positive one energy is profound it is a healer we and negative thoughts are actually negative energy that's stuck we can breathe it out literally and remember what juan washington said in our show about color you can breathe in light blue for peace of mind wear or look at it and if you have really heavy negative thoughts you can use indigo breathe it in wear or look at it you can even burn a light blue candle to help remove negative thoughts as you're lighting it Say a prayer to bring even more healing energy to the candle, or say an affirmation. Visualize, think about what you want to let go of and what you want to bring into your life. What are the thoughts that you want to release? What do you want to replace them with? Humming is also extremely powerful. It actually causes. Change at a cellular level. It impacts your body physically. And thoughts are also physical. They're energy and they're also physical. We can change them. We can release them from ourselves simply by humming. You can sing a song that makes you feel good and change the energy. I'll share more ideas on creating positive thinking in future shows. Right now, I want to thank Miriam Friedman from Houston, who wrote a passionate email to me in response to my write-up about this show. To summarize, she pointed out that her husband, Dr. Bobby Friedman, has always consulted with, with his patients' therapists, even sex therapists, and also made referrals to counselors when necessary. Because of the dependency on insurance in the current economic climate climate, and the small amounts of money that doctors are getting paid, like $300 for a hysterectomy, the face of medicine is changing in the United States. He has had to close his office. Miriam believes that private practice is becoming a thing of the past and wants to make sure that we honor the ethical, dedicated members of a proud profession who put their patients' well-being over the dollar. Thank you, Miriam, for articulating the problems that doctors in the United States are facing today and to remind us that some doctors treat their patients as complete human beings. I hope that doctors in the current healthcare climate can find creative ways to support their families financially and also continue the high level of care that doctors like your husband have provided. And now I'm excited to introduce you to my guest, Dr. Paula Feyerman, who trained in family practice in traditional Western medicine. She became interested in different modes of healing because of her experiences doing yoga. Consequently, she studied yoga therapy, acupuncture, somatics, mind-body methods, meditation, and now is interested in energy medicine. She works with the physical body and also breath, sensations, emotions, thoughts, beliefs, energy, and joy to facilitate her patient's health and well-being. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the life doctor. If you're enjoying our program, be sure to like us on Facebook. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. With Dr. Paula Fairman, who will talk with us about the yoga approach to health and well-being, and her own unique approach to healing.
0: The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear.
3: Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals. Solve your most challenging problems
1: You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, and I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the life doctor. If you're enjoying our program, be sure to like us on Facebook by going to my website, paulajoyce.com. We're here with Dr. Paula Fairman, who treats her patients using a combination of traditional and what we often refer to as alternative medicine. And I want to, um, before we talk directly um, with Paula, I want to uh, share with the audience that I met Paula, she lives in Canada. And we met when she was visiting her family members, who I'm friends with, in Dallas. And Paula and I, for whatever reasons, um, became very fast friends. Maybe it's sharing the first name, who knows. But we've had some wonderful conversations over the years. And so as I was thinking about who I wanted on this show, I knew I wanted her to share her unique perspectives and approach to healing. And because you're from Canada, you have a different perspective, I know, on medicine and maybe the role of doctors in society. And I don't want to take the whole show to talk about this, but um, I I think it's appropriate if you would take a minute just to share with me what we were talking about and what you were saying during the break.
4: Hi, Paula. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Uh, we in Canada, we have universal health care. That means everybody can get access to health care and our insurance costs are, are paid to the government and then that gets distributed and doctor's bill... Our healthcare services, which are government government run directly, so we have a little bit of a different approach, quite a bit different approach to how we've organized our payments of healthcare than in the United States. Um, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages in every system, and healthcare or traditional medical healthcare costs can be extremely expensive. We have a technological healthcare system and technological health care tends to be expensive. There's nothing necessarily wrong with technico- technological health care relying on tests and relying on investigations, relying on medications. Uh, that's the primary way we do healthcare care now. But we need to combine that with other methods that are actually less expensive and effective um, so that healthcare care costs aren't, whoa, way through the roof. And that's a lot of what you talk about, uh, nutrition, exercise, mind-body methods. Those are always a little, they're less expensive, and they're effective, especially for chronic health conditions. So um, I think partly the issue about the health care costs has to do with our values and what we're choosing to be primary in our health care system. That is technological medicine. So I don't want to downplay the importance of that. I think we need that as well. But we also have to combine that with what I call integrative medicine. And that phrase, integrative medicine, is being used more by people like Andrew Weil and other people who are very interested in this movement in traditional Western medicine. Alternative and complementary medicine, that phrase tends to be a little bit, I don't know, it has a bit of a pejorative or negative negative stance to it that this is something outside. It's complementary to what really works or it's alternative to what really works. I like the phrase integrative medicine because that says we're taking the best from all these different practices, all these different healing modalities and we're using that in an integrative way. We're not turning our back on traditional western medicine but we're enhancing all of the healing methodology by looking at Different kinds of approaches, and that's really going to be one thing that helps control our uh, healthcare costs. I love what
2: you're saying, and actually, I, I and I agree, which is why I said something like what some people, you know, call. I don't like the the phrase alternative medicine either because often it is the mode of choice depending upon what's going on with the individual and and really what i've discovered for myself is that i've had i've had to become my own doctor my own referral doctor in many ways and determine for myself whether this is something i need as you put it technological do i need a prescription do i need tests or Am I going to be better off using other methodologies, which frankly the uh, healthcare system in the United States
4: doesn't support? So, yeah, yeah no, and I agree with you. There's a lot of money you can get for doing a Western medical approach, and then often, like in Canada, uh, all these other methodologies are often private pay. So that can be a barrier. But I think what you've brought up, Paul, is absolutely so important because um, people know themselves if they to listen to what's going on. And most people have a very strong sense of what's going to work for them and what's going to not. And, you know, if people are making choices, lifestyle choices, I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt that they're actually doing the best that they can within the circumstances of their life and the circumstances of what's going on with them. So making changes, say, about nutrition and exercise, that can be really tough in people's lives. So, giving people the benefit of the doubt—that yeah, they're they're doing the best they can—and what can we do to help facilitate those choices so that they're easy, fun, joyful, so that it's actually something that works very well and is not an effort for them? Um, and and I agree with you; it's so important that people listen into themselves, and when they're thinking about their health, um, to really evaluate what what feels really right to me? Does it feel right to me to be using this medication? Do I, does it feel right to me to be um, maybe getting to a more ideal weight and getting healthy exercise? Does it feel more right to me to be um, working on some of my relationship issues? Like, I think where we are right now is we've given up a lot of responsibility for our own health to professionals. And that's a kind of an old patriarchal system where we give up our, our ideas about our own health and we ask someone else to fix it for us. And as you so well said, we are actually our own doctors. We are our own physicians and listening into our own bodies, making our, our, really well-informed decisions about what we're feeling, getting in touch with what is working for us. And, you know, that is sometimes really difficult because there could be obstacles in our way. You know, there could be tough choices that we have to make around things to, that will actually improve our health. So sometimes we make decisions that keep us in similar patterns, similar situations, because we are weighing the pros and the cons about how these changes will affect us. So, yeah, I agree. Being our own doctor is so important. Making our own kind of choices, uh, uh, identifying what's really going to help us in our own healing. Um, using the advice of our professionals and then making evaluation about that and seeking other opinions is, is important.
2: Uh, exactly. I, I I love what you just said because it's not that I don't value... A Western medicine doctor but it's one perspective and often I will investigate different perspectives and see which is best for me or sometimes Western medicine has nothing to offer except an operation and then they don't even really know if that's going to work but they don't know what else to do so they kind of throw out the most extreme methodologies which in the end could actually cause more harm um and and so when i get in that kind of situation i'll often go an alternative route um or Um, or a non-traditional, although I guess one could even argue what's traditional because acupuncture
4: is very old and traditional. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You know, I think we're in a really exciting time right now because traditional Western medicine is being challenged. Um, We have a lot of incredible things to offer for people's health, and as you say, we have some things that we're just not that good at dealing with. Um, but the way I describe this to people is it's kind of like um, asking a plumber to fix your roof. You know, if the traditional Western medicine is a plumber, that's the body of knowledge that they have. Right? So we have this expectation that our doctors trained in Western medicine should know all about all these other alternative therapies. Uh, I'm using that word alternative, but all the other therapies that are outside their domain of traditional Western medicine. But you wouldn't ask a plumber to go up and fix your roof, and you wouldn't ask a roofer to fix your plumbing. So we're really in an exciting time where we're bringing bringing together roofing and plumbing, you know. There's many <laughs> traditional western doctors who are very interested in lots of other modalities, and I think that's partly because they're frustrated by the limitations that we have within traditional med- medical western western medical treatments. So, um, you know, when you're asking doctors to say, "Okay, well what else can I do?" That's just not their education. Although that is changing, there are integrative medicine residencies, there's fellowships, there's places where people can learn other things. I go to retreats and um, other kinds of courses, and there's always doctors in there, because doctors go into medicine to facilitate healing, and then they are exploring all the aspects of healing so what is healing so I when you know when I I'm often doing this kind of thing because people feel that maybe Western medicine there's a bit of nefariousness and and there is a sense that it's entitled and that it has the answers and there's clinical practice guidelines and there's clinical trials and we know what works we know what doesn't so there's that attitude within traditional Western medicine and I also think there's an attitude that's growing towards more openness towards more understanding what people are looking for, how people are engaging in healing, what's going to work, understanding we've got limitations within traditional Western medicine, especially for um, some of the chronic long-term conditions that are so common in our society.
2: And, and I think one problem with looking at research is that it's very general, it's not focused on me, so it doesn't take into account all the components that make me me, it goes, it takes a broad Look at things. And so, what is it that would work for me? And I think the other thing that it misses is the relationship. I think healing often happens in the relationship between the doctor or the health practitioner. And the patient or client, whatever phraseology, but how do they mesh? What's going on even on an unseen level, emotionally, spiritually, what kind of support and energy is in that
4: interchange that isn't even measurable or acknowledged? You know, Paula, you're absolutely right, and I learned that early in my practice, that the doctor, I I would call doctor-patient or doctor-client, relationship is actually the most important aspect to healing. It Nothing else is important. It doesn't matter what medications you give, what advice you give. In fact, doctors get very frustrated giving advice. Yeah, because people don't take it <laughs> so we have to figure out how to talk to people um, effectively so that we can motivate change rather than just giving advice but I'll tell you a story from early in my practice um, when I was working with people early on I was working with them really in the traditional western way you know and seeing all the chronic conditions that we have high blood pressure heart disease diabetes obesity you know that and then depression so that constellation those symptoms that's that that problem list comes up over and over again. So you know, I would give people nutritional advice, exercise advice, do their blood pressure checks, renew their medications, and nothing seemed to change. You know, like they didn't change anything in their lifestyle, they didn't take my advice, and yet they would keep coming back to see me, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. So finally, I said uh, to, uh, I remember one man in particular, Joseph. Um, I, I talked to him and I said, Joseph, we've been seeing each other for oh, a year and a half. And, you know, we just we keep just doing these prescription renewals. And, you know, you don't even take your medication and your sugar levels are still out of control, your blood pressure. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, was, I was quite, to be honest, I was quite frustrated as a physician because here I'm just out of medical school. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. And this person's not doing anything. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so I just said, Joseph, like, why do you, why are you coming? Why do you keep coming if, you know, if you if we're not not changing anything? And he said, "I like coming. I like coming to see you." Oh, and it was just a it was mind expanding for me, Paula, because at that moment I understood, "Oh, there's something outside of what I'm doing." in a traditional Western way. It's not just writing the prescription, that I'm engaging this person in conversation, that I'm asking about his life, that I'm concerned about who he is as a person and what's happening in his family life, that I treat him respectfully and he treats me respectfully. I might be the only person that he actually can talk to seriously about problems. So that really was important in changing my perspective of what I'm doing in that office, what traditional Western medicine is about.
2: Exactly. And I'd like to talk more about this after the break and all, because it connects to, I've never ever heard a doctor talk about joy and happiness as part of what they consider their role to be to help patients experience that. And you do. So I would like to pick up on this and talk More about that. Thank you. We're here with Dr. Paula Feyerman. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, and we'll be right back with more wonderful, informative conversation with Dr. Paula Feyerman. (music)
0: The Seventh
3: Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one of a kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems
2: I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the life doctor, and you're here with me listening to Dr. Paula Fairman, and I hope you're enjoying this conversation as much as I am. And I loved, Paula, I love the story that you just told about your experience with your patient, Joseph, and how important that relationship was and how you were healing something really deep within him that maybe needed to heal more importantly than the diabetes or before the diabetes and other ailments could be addressed
4: you know I would just address this Paula because I wasn't healing him and that is a really important aspect that we need to keep in mind that it's not the practitioner that heals the person it's the person that heals themselves And that guidance and facilitation, enthusiasm, relationship that the practitioner develops with the person, all is invested in that person's healing of themselves. So it's very important for me to keep that in mind because if I start to think, oh, I'm healing that person, I'm in a very different relationship with them. That's a power situation, right? That's a power structure. I'm not healing them at all. I'm there as a facilitator, I'm there to offer encouragement, listen, be there as a non-judgmental, open, loving awareness, that presence where they can find what's really going to work for them and what's going to heal for them. And then offering the advice that I have from my own experience, but advice is just Advice, We can take it or, or leave it. So it's really that person to evaluate information that comes into them and making decisions about what's going to work best for their own healing. I, I
2: love your wisdom and perspective. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think you're absolutely correct. And I would like you to talk a little bit more about You've taken so much of your own time to train in such an array, wide array of of processes to help your clients, your patients. And if you' talk to us a little bit about some of these methods that you found helpful and maybe how you integrate them into your practice.
4: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of a 17-year-long exploration, journey, Paula, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so um, it's yeah, we'll try. <laughs> basically, uh, I was studying yoga as an asana practice. I had amazing experiences in yoga and meditation that didn't fit within the traditional Western model, so I had to go and look at other other explanations for what was happening to me in my own practices. And in the yoga model, we have what's called a kosha system. Those are the different sheaths or different uh, aspects to ourselves. These are all interrelated, all interconnected, all inter-informing. So the different sheaths or different layers are the body, that's all of our sensations of a physical aspect. And there's so many different things that we can do for the body itself, nutrition, exercise, relaxation, all of those are incredibly important. The next layer is breath and energy. And then we can use methodology working with breath. We can use methodology working with energy, acupuncture, traditional Western medicine, herbs can work with energy, supplements can work with energy. Um, there's there's uh, aromatherapy, there's sound, there's light, all of those things can affect the energy system. In yoga, we have the feelings and emotions and all the different kinds of psychotherapeutic aspects. Uh, That also involves visualizations, so we can use hypnotherapy. Um, There's the the, the body of cognition or thoughts and beliefs and we've got cognitive behavioral therapy for that. We've got different mind body. We've got all those other techniques that can work for that. In yoga we have therapy, the, the body of joy and that's a very important aspect to get in touch with in our healing because healing happens. You've talked a lot about the sympathetic fight flight free system and, and how stress activates that system, and then the parasympathetic system is our relaxation state. Um, That's the state when we sleep, we digest, and we heal. So moving into that state of parasympathetic or relaxation is actually where healing happens, and that's a state of relaxation, that's a state of feeling good, that's a state of joy. So to do that, I get people to do visualizations, healing space, meditations, anything that shifts us, over and over and over again, from stress, fight, flight, freeze, into joy. And the only way we can actually work with our past traumas, fight, flight, freeze, those are actually held in the body. I know you've talked about that before, but they're held in the body. There's some new scientific theories that they're held in the fascial structure, in the system, in the posture. So actually the physical st- system is related to the emotional system, is related to the mental state. And all this comes together to freeze a moment of time that keeps us held, uh, keeps us in a certain mode of functioning, in a certain way of being, that's influences, influencing us in a kind of an unconscious way. And to be honest, these can be from our own personal history, our own personal uh, life story, it could be from our family, it could be things we're carrying from um, past generations, it could be from the what Jung called the collective unconscious, it could be things that we're holding from all of the society, from a global perspective. Um, many of us are carrying wounds from different wars. And then people talk about past life, it could be things that we've learned or that we maybe don't have consciousness of from this life, but we've been informed about these things, and they still exist in us in some way. So it's kind of like all these little moments of time get frozen. In yoga, we call this samsara. These are like the holding patterns, I call them. They're holding patterns that happen in all of those systems, in body, breath, in feelings, in our cognitions, and they, they influence us in ways that we may not even be aware of. So using the process of meditation, using the process of joy helps us be strong, stable, with a feeling of presence or an ability to witness what's occurring for us in a calm way. Bring those things from unconsciousness to consciousness, and then we can heal them. When a certain number of those get healed, (laughs) and we're no longer being triggered by uh, what I call them frozen moments in time or past traumas, then we have an easier sense of the feeling of connection. Um, you know, and that's what the yoga people talk about as sahaj or connection, feeling greater than yourself, um, seeing yourself as the small sense or the identity sense of the personal self from I, moving from that into a greater understanding of connection. And once that starts to kind of peace, together, then that starts to affect other elements in our healing. So that's kind of the model that I've developed over the last many years and how all of those different processes that I've studied, acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, works with energy. I'm studying energy medicine right now. That works with energy, feelings and emotions like the Buddhist psychotherapy and meditation, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, Feldenkrais, because it works with very small movements, so we can start to develop awareness of how we're holding the body and seeing what arises. So that's kind of how that whole thing works in a very short, <laughs> short, brief approach. That's kind of the model within a yoga theory.
2: Well, I, I think you've just described uh, the whole show, the whole series of shows. That <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's... On one foot.
4: (laughs) That's kind of it, right? Um,
2: (laughs) Yes. Now, I mean, this is very powerful because the idea that things are in our unconscious that are stuck there that we may or may not have an awareness of uh, that they're there and even as you say from past lives from the collective unconscious from past generations things get passed down um in in a way that is not seen, it's um, almost, I call it osmosis, you know, where things just get picked up. Um, and, and and we don't recognize it as something that could be harming us. And so all of these things that you talked about, I just also want to emphasize that a lot of people may not know what Feldenkrais is. And I think it's so important that the connection with the body and how that process allows one to get
4: there. So, um, I'll briefly talk about Feldenkrais in relationship to somatics. So people may have heard of the term somatics. Somatics. We're in an exciting time right now because somatics uses the body, kind of the body movements itself, to to work with some other aspects like uh, like moods and emotions and thoughts. Psychotherapy. Now we've got body-oriented psychotherapy that, like Hakomi or. Um, Uh, return to consciousness, lots of these body-centered approaches where we're feeling in the body itself and feeling the the thoughts and emotions and and everything that's happening within ourselves. Feldenkrais uses small movements. Um, I I tend to see it as a uh, kind of a, a study of yoga, although a lot of Feldenkrais practitioners don't see it as yoga, but you're doing small movements to develop awareness. And it's the awareness, once you're aware that of what is going on, what the holding patterns is, how these things are manifesting, these what they're called chronic habitual patterns of behavior, Feldenkrais used movement to address other behaviors. He felt that once the behavior in the body had been altered, then that would allow for changes in other aspects of our lives. So instead of going about it by trying to change our thoughts and change our feelings, that we could actually do this by becoming aware of how we're moving and then changing how we're moving will also have lots of ramifications in all other aspects of our life. So it's the same idea in that you can go in, my, my acupuncture teacher said, if, if healing or the body is a house, you can go in the front door, you can go in the back door, you can go in the window, you can come down the chimney, you can blow a hole through the house. There's many, many ways in. Ultimately, you're getting into the same place. So that's why it's so exciting right now because we've got so much methodology and people can use what's going to work for them. They don't have to use the same thing. So if Feldenkrais doesn't work for one person, maybe a Very Gentle Yoga will work or maybe Rolfing will work or, you know, maybe a different form like a body-centered psychotherapy or Yoga Nidra or something that allows them to connect with the body and feel into the body
2: and I, and i'm um we're getting close to closing so i'm going to kind of wrap up with this but i think this whole idea this whole series of things that you were just talking about of helping people get in touch with the body heal through the and healing through the body is one powerful methodology and i i agree with you a hundred percent and i think also people lose touch with their body. So just becoming aware of when am I hungry, where am I walking, where am I in space, um, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. We deny so much around our bodies and all of these techniques help us get back in touch with with ourselves in, in a powerful way.
4: Yeah, in fact, Paula, I would say that you've talked about dis ease or unease or the lack of wellness. Many of the sages of the or the ancient traditions would say that that arises from a place that we've we've forgotten or we've lost awareness of, or that we've separated from, and that symptoms arise to bring our awareness and our attention to that which we've separated from. So when we are able to bring conscious awareness to that which we've forgotten, that's when healing can occur.
2: Beautiful. And thank you so much for joining us. I wish you a beautiful day. Thank you, you, Paula. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. And I want to thank my listening audience for joining us today for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to my website, paulajoyce.com. Like us um, on Facebook. And you can also, on that website, check out information on my services and the Books our guests have written. I hope you'll join us next week when Kenny Thomas, an American country music singer and former United States Army Ranger, talks about, about his life-changing experience with us, an experience that led him to the awareness that everyone is important. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom, as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week.